All right, we are accepting calls this hour from time travelers only. If you have traveled in time or you are presently a traveler to this time, then we want to hear from you. Otherwise, the phone lines are closed, but for that group, they are certainly open. Uh, with that in mind, uh, top of the morning to you on the wild card line. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. Everybody, welcome back to the Infinite Fringe right here on Apple Podcast and on the Infinite Fringe.podbeam.com. How's everybody doing? No, I didn't give you an episode last week, but we tried. We certainly tried. We, uh, Neil Sanders and I, uh, did it twice, three times actually, and uh, it did not work out. But here we go for the fourth, and uh, hopefully this works out. And I'm going to try to publish it for you immediately. Mr. Neil Sanders is, is here with me, one of my favorite people in the alt media. What's up, sir? How are you? Welcome back to the Infinite Fringe. Thank you very much. I'm very well, Billy. And thank you for inviting me back. What were you doing on the BBC? What I were was, you doing on the BBC, sir? News to was, me. Congratulations. I was collaborating with the enemy. Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> I said congratulations, buddy. Oh, Go ahead. Tell me about it. I was collaborating with the enemy. Like, it, it's just simply that. I've, I've right. just decided, like, sod all this. Like, um, they, they pay more. So I'm going to go with them. Or they paid like, no, What it was, was, I mean, to be quite honest, why I did it was because yeah. it was twofold. Well, threefold, really. One, mm-hmm. I wanted to be on telly because I'd not been on telly before. Mm-hmm. Two, I thought it'd be fun and I thought it'd be a good way to promote our podcast. Um, someday yeah. I call it Conspiracy, which turned out it, it, it was. And three, um, the reason I did it was to try and defend uh, Richard D. Hall, who was the actual subject of the show. Now... Mm-hmm. Richard, basically, I've worked with Richard for a long time. Richard actually sort of really got me into this sort of thing and encouraged me to write the books and stuff like that. And I've got a huge amount of time for him. I still consider him a friend. Uh, and I think that the, the majority of what he does is really, really good. He basically came up with this theory or, or did a film that the Manchester bombing was fake in the similar way to the way that Alex Jones thought that Sandy Hook was fake. Nobody right. died. It's all actors and, and it's all basically like, you know, some great big street theater as opposed to a terrorist attack. Right. I completely disagree with that. I absolutely 100% disagree. Um, and I think that the methodology that Richard used for investigating it was uh, poor uh, yeah. at best. And um, to the point where it was appalling, the work, the, some of the things that he did to, to people. He set up hidden cameras and basically tried, filmed bereaved and disabled people who'd been you know, caught up in a, a, a bombing to try and prove that they were lying. Right. However, I think that Richard is a really great guy. And I think that he was trying to 
He was coming from pure motives. He wasn't trying to get famous. He wasn't trying to get money. He wasn't trying to upset anybody. He was trying to find the truth because he felt that this massive fraud had been perpetuated against the public and he wanted to expose it like a journalist, like a Woodward and Bernstein. Now, what happened was that originally the panorama was supposed to be about um, a broader sense of the how conspiracies alter people's mind frames and how people go down the rabbit hole. Um, and why they asked me to be involved was because I'm somebody who was technically in the industry or had a familiarity with it, so would be able to give an impartial sort of explanation about what people in this industry are actually like, which is mostly really nice people who are interested in finding out the truth. There is a lot of scammers and grifters, but majority of people are genuinely interested in finding out the truth and want to be good people and, and have good intentions. But what happened was Sandy Hook, um, the trial happened whilst we were basically preparing for it. And uh, so it became sort of, we have to really tie this in. And so basically I was given the option to, to back out, but I thought, well, and I was explicitly told, nobody's going to defend Richard. So it's up to you. You don't have to be involved because, you know, you could you could be seen as being, you, we know what the alternative media is like. Right. Like, you know, you're not allowed to talk to the BBC and stuff like that. But I thought, no, because even though that is a risk, I thought, well, if I don't try and explain it, nobody will. Absolutely right. nobody will. So right. what I did was I explained that Richard, well, I've just said that he's a really nice person, that he's motivated by I uh, want to find the truth, that he's not like Alex Jones, that uh, anything that that he's... One of the things was like, well, how could he be so cruel to all these people who've been involved in the bombing? And I says, well, because he's not really thinking of those. He's thinking of the entire rest of the planet. He's thinking right. of... He, he comes from a from a, um, a concerned standpoint. It's just he's fell off the... The, the rails he's like a catherine wheel that's fallen off its stick essentially like so so this was the thing now to be fair the bbc panorama show i'm on it for about 15 seconds and i offer absolutely <laughs> zero defense of richard uh, and the entire thing is a complete hit piece on him like mm. i mean he's accurate but it's not very fair um right. now there was also a radio show uh, like a podcast series called uh, disaster trolls now i'm uh, on it for 15 whole minutes on episode three uh, which is called the insider and that's where basically i get to explain um uh, richard's perspective right. uh, and why i don't think he's a monster that i just think he's made a mistake uh now here's the interesting thing billy ray like you know, that the, the radio show came out on sunday a lot of people listened to it a lot of people came to me emailed me and said thank you neil for trying to stick up for richard i appreciate that you don't agree <laughs> with him but at least you tried and at least you right, tried right. to humanize him yeah and and for a very short time i was a bloody hero now on the monday <laughs> when the television show came out people were less happy with me <laughs> and um, and uh yeah like oh, i mean i can understand it if they if they'd not seen the radio show it does yeah, look yeah. a bit like i've just jumped on there and uh, like to have a go at richard right but but um but yeah you've got to listen to the uh you've got to listen to the radio show and off the back of that we've basically got to know kind of, which is interesting, Mariana Spring. Now, Mariana Spring is the disinformation reporter for the BBC, and a lot of people think of her as, like, literally the enemy, like, as in she's there to counteract the truth. She's there right. to, like, you know, because she, she's done a lot of sort of stuff against uh, about um, how the uh, COVID misinformation is nonsense and stuff. Yeah. And so it's just really interesting to chat to this person. And, like, you know, we've had her on our, our podcast. She's a really nice person. Uh, she's motivated by, again, she, she's interested in things and stuff like that. And it's just interesting to get a different perspective um, from 
by by actually speaking to people as right. opposed to the idea that you might have of them basically. no absolutely because then you get to know them you get to see what they're about right and it, it humanizes that yeah, entity yeah. from the other side that you're looking at as straight up new world order puppet that well, is squashing any well i'll give you an example like um, um at the minute the um uh, this the story in the uk press right. is that there's a conflict of interest because the uh chairman of the bbc is a gentleman called richard sharp and richard mm -hmm. sharp has donated a huge amount of money to uh the, the conservative party the current government and for them to it looks very much like a quid pro quo he's given some money they've installed him as the as the head and then basically the bbc uh will be uh favorable to the conservative government and there's plenty of plenty of examples where you could make that argument that's that's a big scoop at the minute we asked mariana spring about that in october and it's yeah. on our podcast so we didn't go we asked her about jimmy savile we asked her about 9 11 uh, and um and the solomon building uh, we asked her about laura kunisberg and her and her potential bias we asked her all sorts of things that basically most people will not ask and that's what you get you see this is the point if you if you treat people nicely you get these opportunities to to ask them the very hard questions questions that she's never been asked by anybody before yeah. and she answered them and she you know she was a little bit political with some of the answers but 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 you know that's to be expected right right that's a, that's amazing neil good for you i'm Thank sorry you. you got so much flack from people uh, i, I can understand care. and i can relate uh, <laughs> probably not at your level at this point since you went on the bbc and got the crap da, from da, people da. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, um, but 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 good for you for trying to stick up for your friend and and trying to show both perspectives right because while there are the grifters and the people that are malicious in the alternative media there are others that are true believers and that yes. are, are are trying to legit find their way to what may be the truth and yeah. legitly trying to look for answers and trying to help yeah what absolutely Right. I, I, I think that there is a problem within the alt media at the minute. A lot of people have heard me talk about this for uh, many times. I think there's a problem with grifters, and I think there's a problem that it's been become politicised. I think right, that right. particularly right-wing organisations, say people like GB News and even the Republican Party, oh, they've please. identified that there's a group of people that basically react. They respond to a certain stimuli, by which I mean if you say certain things, they'll listen. Right. Mm -hmm. We saw the most extreme example of this with QAnon. But basically, we're seeing this all across the board. Basically, this sort of it's being labeled as sort of anti-woke. And what it actually is, is a sort of rather sort of um, hateful sort of marginalization of people. Right. Um, it's nothing to do with anti-woke. Woke just means an empathy for people and understanding that, uh, that there's some, sometimes there's racism and prejudice in the world. That's it. That's all it means. If you're anti that, you're not a good person. Okay? Right? It's as simple as that. But what has happened is the phrase has been weaponized and all of these sort of, again, what actually stands to be political things, things like uh, abortion, um, helping the oil companies, climate change is a big one. All of these things would basically come from from big business that's right. the irony of it right okay and, you know in this like this concept in the alternative media and i've said this numerous times the idea that climate change is a hoax or that greta thunberg is is the bad guy or whatever okay that means that the oil industries the petrochemical industries the coke brothers somehow are the good guys in right <laughs> good Lord. isn't that bullshit right yeah right 100 i couldn't have put it better myself that's exactly I mean, go ahead sorry 
Sorry, but, but this is kind of like, you know, hopefully what we're going to talk about today with like the influence of, there's always been that sort of uh, like uh, influence. The John Birch Society was very, very prevalent, but there was always like a sort of left wing of, of conspiracy as well. At the minute, for whatever reason, it seems to be sort of, entrenched in the right wing and again i think it's to do with the, the election of donald trump which all of a sudden was a good thing for the alternative media brexit which is all of a sudden a good thing for the alternative media climate change denial which is almost a good thing for the alternative media and covid denial or minimalization which i've basically tried to be explaining to everybody over the last few years right. has come directly from the heritage foundation the council for national policy and can you guess the oil industry right. why why on earth would the oil industry want to downplay COVID and be behind literally every single pe person or, 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 or event that, that, that opposed the lockdowns, opposed the vaccines and opposed uh, basically anything to do with, with um, uh, health measures? Well, it's very simple. Right? There, there, there are manipulations on both sides. People are being manipulated in every way, shape or form. And this is what I want to talk about. What happened was the oil industry, okay, oil barrels went into negative equity in April. Just mm -hmm. after the, the just just before the first lockdown, right. the reason this happened is because basically everybody was off the streets. People weren't using um, uh, commercial buildings. They weren't driving. They weren't taking buses or public transport. Okay, right. right. What happened was literally for the first time in history, oil went into negative equity. It cost the oil industry money to send you a barrel of oil. Okay, and if this, if we'd have stuck with a strict lockdown. Uh, their their fear was that basically that this would exacerbate. So the very first anti-lockdown uh, protests were put on by the Heritage Foundation. Now the I Heritage Foundation, right? They, they they give no shits about your average worker. In fact, they've done everything that they can do to to, to eliminate and reduce workers' rights, health cover, holidays, fair pay, uh, like working conditions themselves. Right. This is what the Heritage Foundation is about: reducing those. So why on earth? Why on earth would they they all of a sudden be concerned with oh these poor workers stuck at home with like blah blah blah? And did anyone not notice that basically like okay? These protests boiled it down to either you can go out there and die or you, or you can stay at home and rot or you can get free and go back to work. <laughs> it's like, what? That's what that's the prize. We yeah. get to go back to work. Are you mad? <laughs> like, and, and, and again, th this is this is what we're seeing now it's right. Steve Bannon. It's Steve Bannon. It's the Mercers. It's, it's well, let me let me set it up, Neil. Let no. me set it up and let the people know what we're talking about right now. Right. Um, so I, I contacted Neil, right, uh, about this because, you know, he, he put me onto Cambridge Analytica way back when, and we've had a lot of talks about it. And, and whenever I have, uh, questions, I go to Neil about something like this, right. And I've read up on it. I, I, I know quite a bit about it myself now at this point, because I think it is one of the last the true conspiracies out there that we can actually get down and try to figure out how and why we are being manipulated the way we are, right? And most certainly we are, almost especially here in the alternative media, we like to look at ourselves as like we're immune or we're awake. It, we are more colonized than probably the mainstream at this point, the way they've targeted us, I believe. Anyway, uh, January 6th went down. We all know the deal. We all know what happened there. And then... Um, Copycat January 6th happened in Brazil with Bolsonaro, 
who wants to be Trump, they call him the Trump of Latin America, the Trump of Brazil. And he claimed that if he lost, excuse me, that if he lost, um, you know, the only way he could lose was by uh, a rigged election. Where does that sound familiar from, right? And, but th the thing is, right, I don't know if you're aware, but we did we covered it here with, uh, with Gar Goldsmith just a little bit. Um, a repeat of January 6th happened at, over in Brazil when Bolsonaro lost the election and they stormed, the people over there stormed the Capitol, a whole deal. But in, 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 in a, in a, if, you, if you dig a little deeper, if you, if you do a little bit of further study, you see the same names popping up over and over again. You see a, a Steve Bannon, an Ali Alexander, you know, go on and on. You see the names come up, right? And, and the thing is, the common denominator between Donald Trump and Bolsonaro and January 6th and what happened down in Brazil after the elections, the common denominator is Cambridge Analytica. And it's the SEL group, in my opinion. Uh, Cambridge Analytica is no longer a thing, right? Uh, but uh, the people who were instrumental in building that weapon, you know, like a Steve Bannon, like a, a Michael Flynn, um, are still out there trying to put their agendas across. And Neil was on top of this in Brazil in for as far as 2019. Neil was putting out um, publications trying to let people know, articles trying to let people know that, you know, something's up in Brazil and Cambridge is involved. The same mind weapon is being used over there. We're seeing the fruits of it now. Um, but what I want to highlight is uh, how it's the same names over and over again and how we the people are being manipulated, whether it be in the UK, whether it be here in the United States or over in Brazil, in Trinidad, in Africa, it doesn't matter. We're all being manipulated by this weapon, the genie's out of the bottle. If we really want to talk about some real conspiracies here, we really want to talk about making a change and trying to free humanity, we need to address this. Because it's, in my opinion, and me, Neil might differ from this. Neil and I don't agree on everything. So we're going we're gonna to throw it over to Neil, and, and he's going to say what he's going to say. But this is uh, uh, mind control. All right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think this is full-on mind control. This is a, 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 a more clear example than anything you will ever get on mind control. And we can argue about Donald Trump. We can argue about Joe Biden. We can argue about their policies. But at the end of the day, we were made to vote for these people. And it didn't come out of our own you know, willingness to do so, even though we might think it did. You know, but that's how the program is designed to work. That's how Cambridge Analytica was designed to work. You know, and uh, a lot of this, like the first uh, uh, examples of using social media and, and, and using the media in general uh, to manipulate an election was straight out of the Barack Obama uh, um, uh, campaign for president. You know, um, that's that was the first uh, the first time you saw a political figure use that to that degree. And it worked. I want to talk about Gamergate also, you know, because that's uh, where Steve Bannon started realizing what he could do, you know. But again, common denominator Cambridge Analytica happened in Brazil, happened here in, on January 6th. It looks like they're being successful at manipulating people, at least a certain sector of people. What's up, Neil? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th th that's where the mind control comes in. Because a lot of people might be saying, like, mind control, that's a bit strong, isn't it? It's about creating a mindset or um, a worldview. And they've done that. They've been doing that since about 2014. This concept of basically 
people being terrified of immigrants, be that Mexicans or right. be that religious immigrants, uh, uh, people being terrified of their guns being taken away and sort of Christian sort of values being sort of removed and stuff like that. Right. And, and, you know, th this idea of, I mean, some of this is even stuff like the concept of the demoncrats or that all the Democrats are involved in pedophilia and that Donald Trump is this savior that's going to come and sort of help people and somehow that he's right. like a, a, a nice guy and he's anti-establishment and, and stuff like that. Once, once they've seeded all of this and they've got this into... Like it works in two ways, right? Okay. One, basically, it, it, it basically changes your, your sort of worldview. Like it, it, it makes you think, well, there's no way I'm ever voting for a Democrat or whatever because of the things that I know about them. Even if you don't believe that they're sort of cannibals and whatnot, you've got this concept that they want open borders or they want to get rid of your, uh, your guns or they want to sort of overtly sexualize children through teaching of, uh, you know, sex education or forcing off, and I'm using air quotes here, the transgender agenda or the gay agenda. Like you're essentially, you know, forcing people to respect their fellow human beings which is obviously awful like um we like so so there's that like there's that aspect of it but then the other thing that what what this has done is it's created communities right okay all that people need really to be happy is they need a group of people who share share a like mind and give them support and let them know where how the world is and where their place is in the world and and all of these ideas and these these externalizations and this even like, like the idea of just being a conspiracy theorist in itself although i'm not criticizing that i'm just saying how it's been weaponized because the idea is that it, it tells you how the world is it teaches you the truth it, it shows you that what they say on the news isn't necessarily accurate but because of this, this has been weaponized. Like basically they, they going from, as Billy Ray said, like Gamergate, what they started to notice was that there's certain people that, that have certain similar ideas. Like it, in a very, very simple way, right? Okay, it's right. if you see a girl that you fancy and she's wearing a Dark Throne t-shirt, you could very quickly go out and learn all about Dark Throne. And that's one thing that you've got in common, which means that, that she's more likely to, you know, give you your phone number or go out and date or start a conversation right. with you. Right. Like it, it's not rocket science. If you can do that and find out what people like, or more importantly, find out what people don't like, and then you can you can basically flood them with the information that is susceptible to them right. and, and that 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 ticks the boxes with them. And right. what does this do? This encourages you to go, oh, yes, this is right. This is what I've been thinking. I must tell my friends. And so you spread that information. And then basically you, you find people that this also resonates with. And so you start to build this bond. And basically this is where these echo chambers start start to form. And this, this is essentially, it's mind control. It's not even that new of a technique it's exactly the same technique that advertisers use we've got nike trainers look at my jays we're cooler than people who haven't got jays and you've got jays and i've got jays and so we all think that we're all pretty cool because we've, we've got at least that one thing in common right, right? okay so so how's it working it basically gets like-minded people who give you some comfort and support and it tells you where you are in the world i'm better than people that don't have jordans that that's simply it this this is what what this has done is is position people on a very sort of right wing thing where basically they feel that they're patriots, freedom right. fighters. Uh, they're at a very extreme. They're fighting against paedophilia and the forces of darkness, the forces of evil. 
And all of uh, these things are things we want to fight against. Man. Of course. Right. Of course. Like, I mean, it's it's not far-fetched if somebody tells you, listen, there's a bunch of pedophiles over there. Let's go get them. What are we doing? Right. That's what a, a, a good moral human being does. Go ahead. Precisely. And exactly and exactly that as, as I was saying with that, that's how Richard's got into that trouble right. that he's got into because he's a very moral person who right. thought there was something horrible happening and he wanted to, to expose it and and save the rest of the world from this ever happening again right, that's right. the mindset that they build right okay but isn't it just a little bit too good to be true this, this this is the this is the problem and so basically you start to look at it and like well for example we've talked about this numerous times before but like all the stuff about um uh, france falling to shrine law sweden being the rape capital of the world hillary clinton uh having the, uh, the cannibal disease uh julian assange did certain bits of wikileaks um these were all uh, that, that pertained that ISIS was directly funded by the Clinton Foundation. Stuff that basically any normal person will go, that's abhorrent. I want to be, I have nothing to do with that. That was the point. None of those things were true. All of these things were products, admitted products of Cambridge Analytica. And Cambridge Analytica, here's where it gets really, really spicy. Um, the board is basically full of CIA members and uh, people connected to uh, the American army, the American military, the British psychological or psychological uh, warfare departments and intelligence agencies. Um, Cambridge Analytica has got what is called a list X clearance, which means the Cambridge Analytica, the tool that was explicitly used and admitted to be used to get the Brexit vote and to get Donald Trump elected into power, also to get uh, Bolsonaro into power and to a lesser degree uh, uh, Salvini in Italy um, and Modi in, in India. Um, it, it's, it, has, it, it has a list X clearance, which means that it can hold government documents that are listed top secret and higher so anything higher than top secret this has um this company has access to why because it was started by an ex-spy and it's also got an export control by the british government what does this mean this means it's a weapon it's a weapon that could be utilized by the british government that has to get a sign off by high members of the government and or military intelligence before it is allowed to be deployed, which yeah. means that certain members of the British government and British military establishment and intelligence agencies knew that um, Cambridge Analytica was going to be used in um, uh, America and knew that it was going to be used to elect Donald Trump, which means that they must have wanted that to happen. Otherwise, right. they wouldn't have allowed the weapon to be used. So, so this is this is the thing about Cambridge Analytica. This is the the sort of the the, the program that we're getting in now, and and you, you can see it. It's like basically the same. Like news organisations, Fox, particularly Tucker Carlson. Why is anyone listening to Tucker Carlson right here? He ticks all the boxes of everything that ten years ago was abhorrent to the uh, alternative media. He works right, for Fox right. News, which is a Murdoch organisation. He's a multimillionaire from the elite Swanson family. He's also a dickhead of massive proportion. <laughs> right, okay. Um, and, like, so all of these things should have been red flags, but for right. some reason, like, Tucker Carlson is somebody that the alternative media listens to at the moment. Dude, I just Sean Hannity, I was, I was sorry to interrupt you. I was talking no, about no. it with, uh, with a friend of mine, Jack Allen. He invited me on a show, and we were talking about it, and we spoke about it on America Unplugged a little bit. Um, uh, I tuned into Fox News, Sean Hannity's on, and mm -hmm. it's like listening to InfoWars. 
Yes. He's yes. Talking about the globalist and going on and on and about the elites and yeah. how how they have so much money. And I'm thinking, I'm like, dude, aren't you a multimillionaire 10 times over? And, and he's standing there just going off. It's like turning on InfoWars. Yes. That's what Fox News has become to some of these pundits. Go ahead, sir. But, but again, this is Murdoch. This is Rupert Murdoch. Right, right, right. Who, for some reason, again, now like here's an interesting Millionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Rupert Murdoch, at one point, it was looking like he was going to be the bad guy, right, okay? Because anybody that knew anything knew about how manipulative he was and stuff like that, right, right. okay? Why is he not considered in the same way that a Soros or a Klaus Schwab or a Bill Gates is? Because he's got just as much, if not more, influence. Yeah, right okay yeah. that's what gets me that people are very picky and choosy about what like uh, why don't we trust like Klaus Schwab oh because he's got a sinister code and he's a billionaire like if that's all it is right which let's be honest it is that there are enough boxes ticked like that Rupert Murdoch also basically fulfills right. and for some reason people just have a blind spot to that and it just it does not make any sense like and it's the same with a lot of other people who connect like Simon Dolan arsehole that was connected to uh, <laughs> uh, the, the COVID denial and, and Richard Tice and uh, Nigel Farage uh, and all of these people these are incredibly wealthy uh, establishment people who often worked in banking circles and stuff like that and and this is the point right okay th th they're lying to you th th this should make it completely clear when Tucker Carlson who's a multi-millionaire employed by a billionaire right is telling you oh you should be scared about the elites you should be bright enough to realize that this is called gaslighting Right, okay, they're just saying, oh, it's like that meme where Rupert Murdoch has got all the biscuits and he's pointing at the bloke and said, that bloke wants your biscuits. Like, that's exactly what it is. Right. Like, but for some reason, everyone's got a blind spot. And I'll tell you for why they've got a blind spot, because you get that dopamine hit from it, because he basically, again, they know what's going to tick your boxes and uh, and which information and how it's presented. They've watched Alex Jones. They've seen how people respond. They know what it is that people like. They know how to construct a narrative. And they're, they're, they're using that. They're using it in the mainstream right now. You've got people like Marjorie, what's it called, Taylor Green, who I am convinced is Joe Rogan in a wig. Right? <laughs> you've got Matt Gates. You've got all of these other people. Like, again, you've got people like Nick Fuentes and stuff like that on a sort of more extreme. And they're all getting connected to the same people, the Reginaries, the Mercers, right. the Heritage Foundation. And Shapiro. Yeah, right. again, right. financed by the Wilkes, right. Dave Rubin, financed by the Cokes. Right. Like, the, the, these are the people who somehow have become the alternative voice. How? How? They're representatives, they're propaganda agents of billionaires. Right. That's right. what they are. But for some reason, be, I'll tell you for, for why. It's because they've been tacitly endorsed by people at the top of the pyramid, so to speak, by which I mean Alex Jones. Uh, Max Egan, David Icke, Iconic. All of these people have promoted one or all of these these people, like uh, Tucker Carson's or Ben Shapiro's or right. whatever. Right? Okay, and it's a combination of two things, right? Okay, like one because basically that's where the audience is going. But 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 it's but is the audience going that way? Because it doesn't have to go that way. It's just easier to do that. It's easier to go along with the flow. But again, I think these people who I've just named are being played as well.
because they've not got the billionaire resources, right? right okay. But again, it's a political thing. Rupert Murdoch and certain people have realised we've got a group of people here who've, who've traditionally been disinterested in politics and are not into voting and are not into... Uh, they're into activism, but they're a little bit sort of wayward at the minute. They don't know where to sort of direct it. We can direct it if we can direct where their sort of energies go and do it in a surreptitious way where they where they think that basically, again, they're, they're going down the rabbit hole because we've studied it and we know how to create that. We know how to sort of grift off that and what you need to say to appear legitimate. That's what they're doing, and every everyone's fallen for it. And I just cannot fathom it, to be quite honest. I think it's partly to do with basically the fact that basically, if you do go up against it, you you, you uh, meet incredible opposition, uh, and also it's it's a financial it's a financial death right. blow. Basically, if 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 your job is in the alternative media to to like you know do it regularly and get paid and stuff like that. You have to go along with the the, the, the majority. You have to go right. along with the party line. Right. And that's not what I got into this for at all. Me neither. Absolutely. So, I agree with you. That's not why I got in. And that's why I try not to attach um, my financial well-being to the alternative media. Hmm. It's a compromise you have to make. Yeah. Right. Because uh, 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 people will turn on you if you start saying um uh, things that go contrary to what the alternative media is currently putting out right yes and then you start thinking about well well where's my next meal gonna come from because i'm alienating half of my audience yeah i mean i'll put it this way right i know people that um when they express dissatisfaction at the whole pandemic response right their audience, because because everyone was suddenly sat at home, disenfranchised and pissed off and annoyed, their audience doubled and tripled. I've, oh, I've I, know, people's, I know like, a few, right? Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's incredibly difficult to reject that. Right. Right, okay. Or to or to say stuff that basically all of a sudden you've got a massive audience and they're, they're going to tell you what they think of you, right? right. And, all, and at that point, they're telling you that you're ace. Thank Christ you said that. Oh, it's exactly what I was thinking. You didn't have the bottle to say, oh, you resonate with me so much. That's got right at my flagpole. But you then turn around and say, actually, I've got, I've got new information. That's <laughs> what I said before. Right. I don't agree with it anymore. Everybody goes, well, fuck you then. Nobody yeah. even looks at the information. Everybody goes, but what you told me was comforting. Right. I, like, I mean, let's take this the most stupid example of recent uh, times. Viruses themselves don't exist. Right. right? How that's, do you know how comforting that is? That's that's one less thing that you've got to worry about. Okay. Right. And that's literally it. It's childlike. It's people who are going like, is there a monster in the cupboard? No, there's no monster in the cupboard. Like brilliant, like fabulous, but like, you know, it's it's juvenile. Like, and it's it's a way of controlling the world and understanding and, and basically, you know, getting it's sophisticated on. mind warfare, dude, is what it is. I've never seen yeah. anything like it. I've Absolutely. never seen anything like it. And uh, and uh, it opened my eyes to a lot of things, to the manipulation before and the manipulation after COVID, right? The, the mm. manipulation before and after a QAnon and mm. what led up to these things and why we believed what we believed or why we continue to believe what we believe, right? It opened my mind to it. So I am not, I am grateful for it, even though it is a bad thing. It is a malignant thing virus a malignant tumor yeah. in, in in the body that is humanity ultimately mm. that is what it is but it's better to know that it's there 
Yeah, yeah. That totally. way we can do something about it instead of letting it just take over and you die, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that it's there. What do we do about it is something completely different. We're, we're trying to spread the word or the word about it. And hopefully people will start seeing things and say, wait, wait a minute. I see these symptoms. I recognize these symptoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It, like, just, just to be sort of like clear, because it might be a bit, bit, bit sort of garbled, but basically, so Cambridge Analytica was basically 2014 until uh, 2016. Um, mm -hmm. And what that did was that, as you say, created the mindset. And again, with best examples, you know, all those slogans that Trump used, build the wall, lock her up, uh, the mm -hmm. concept of the deep state. What was the other one that he uh, he had? Um, well, the remember. Patriot. The pa Patriot. Yeah, all of that. All that crap. Right? Yeah. Okay. All those slogans were designed in 2014 by Cambridge Analytica, and they were supposed to be used by Ted Cruz, who was the original candidate. Donald Trump didn't come up with a single one of those, right? Okay. But basically, this created this sort of mindset. And then basically, Pizzagate, QAnon, various other things brought people into the fold. Alex Jones got more popular. Bizarrely, getting kicked off social media, Twitter and, and Facebook, right. actually seemed to sort of channel more people to uh, to, to certain uh, alternative media uh, figures. Um, and so basically, then you've got that. Then you've got, then COVID comes around and people are annoyed about that. And so basically, there was a, a second sort of raft of sort of people sort of playing on that and weaponizing this but just to explain like basically so so Cambridge Analytica was the thing that sort of like changed the mindset told people to trust these particular journalists uh, and created this sort of right-wing echo chamber right but after that they've sort of been a bit quiet they, they're in Brazil uh, as a company called Firecrest and MR Data and we know this because Mick Turnbull and Alexander Nix admitted to this and said that basically they were there they also used previous to the people who Alexander Nix is just Alexander Nix is the, is, the, is the head of Cambridge Analytica so he runs it he's the, he's the person that goes I forget his exact title but he was caught on uh, Channel 4 News explaining that basically as well as sort of you know manipulating target audiences and demographics with essentially um, uh, propaganda um, uh, micro targeting them well, what what happens is basically they'll find out stuff that you like stuff that you don't like by reading your messages and examining all your data and making you do quizzes and stuff like this right. that on social media right yeah uh, once they've figured out what what you like and what you don't like they'll they will market um, memes gifts and um, articles stories um, that will piss you off. So if we find out that basically you're a big Trump fan or that you're an anti-establishment or whatever and that you hate uh, um, uh, um, child sex, we'll tell you that Hillary Clinton is involved in a child sex ring. Like, and that will will annoy you. They'll also flood you with sort of um, bots and sock puppet accounts who make friends with you and all of a sudden basically like start sharing these. And so basically they just create like an online community. Uh, and direct you in certain ways with lies and propaganda and then ultimately get you to vote in a certain way or to pay money to a certain person right. so 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 this is this is um uh, what they do now they weren't specifically involved in january the 6th or the brazil thing but it's because of that mindset and then the lionization of certain figures who go along with that ideology so you're ali alexander's you're roger stone's yeah roger stone how is this again roger stone who he literally invented lobbying roger stone who worked with nixon and roy Cohn, evil people unknown and documented racist Oh uh, yeah, straight up, no deny. Like I don't even bring up that that subject nine times out of ten. There's no denying it. Mm -hmm. Like the, the guy called called somebody a negro on air. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, this was like two years ago. Anyway, go ahead. But, but, but again, this, so this basically ferments and created the circumstances where basically you've got this army of people who can be utilized on January the 6th or can be utilized in Brazil, which is essentially what we're, we're going to be talking about, by people like Steve Bannon. Now, what was the, the, the technique? You might have heard this, all this sort of spread lies and just like, you know, create confusion and get, get your audience angry. It's called flooding the zone with shit. And that's what Steve, that is this how, how, he, how he describes it. <laughs> like, uh, that's not me. That's... <laughs> Although he's an apt uh, uh, description. Now, here's the horrific thing that, that hopefully this might make people think. What's happened to all those people on January the 6th uh, and in Brazil that stormed uh, the Capitol building? What happened to them? Arrested, arrested, yeah. thrown in fucking jail, right? Okay. Yeah. Is Ali Alexander in jail? Is yeah. Alex Jones in jail? Yeah. Is Owen Schroyer in jail? Is Rudy Giuliani in jail? No, right? right? They encouraged you and they hung you out to dry. It could have been worse. I've said right from the start that the intention on, like, realistically, what was the point of January the 6th? They weren't going to get them to overturn it, were they? Not then. They weren't going to go and physically get it overturned that day. No. So what was the plot? I suspect very strongly the plot, Trump and everyone else, wanted them to get shot. They wanted mass death on the lawn, shot by the National Guard, so that it would... Um, basically just give such anti-establishment fervor that it was caused so much confusion that only Trump could be the one that would be, be sensible. And I don't think it would have worked either way, but I, I strongly think that was the plot because mm. otherwise it really doesn't make any sense, to be quite honest. But regardless, now, <laughs> when when you um, got in touch with me and said, so what do you think is happening in Brazil? I sent right. you a, a two-word answer. Right. which was Steve Bannon. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I'm like, explain. <laughs> Give me more. This, this is the thing, like, right, Steve Bannon, this is what he does. He did it through Breitbart. He did it through Cambridge Analytica. He did, he, you know, he did it to a lesser extent whilst working directly with the White House. Now he's doing it with the war zone. Like, he's still flooding the zone with shit. And basically, let's not fuck about, right? Okay. Steve Bannon is an immensely sort of malignant person he's uh, spent the last few years trying to co-opt a coalition of and i'm not being um uh, hyperbolic here far right parties across right. europe the uk and america to promote far right ideology okay now at the minute it's still a little bit couched in sort of like patriotism and stuff like that. Occasionally we see it sort of seep out when you get the Jews will not replace us or the hatred of George Floyd or this nonsense about critical race theory and uh, the great replacement and stuff like that. But these are far right figures that are being cultivated by think tanks that are connected to the CIA, which is the Heritage Foundation, CMP. You know, Brisson talks about these all the time. Um, like they're the people that are ultimately behind Bannon and, and Trump essentially and Mercer and you know, or at least they they go along with it. Whether they're behind it is very difficult to say, but certainly their ideology seems to match it. But anyway, the point being, Steve Bannon is has been talking about Brazil since uh, at least October. Like they've they've been talking about even before the election that oh it's going to be corrupt. Now they they. The, I, ironically, the idea of corrupt elections actually came from when Roger Stone stopped the recount in Florida. That, mm -hmm. I mean, there's always been corrupt elections. You go back to JFK and stuff like that. But in right. recent conspiracy parlance, 
uh, JFK, Sam Giancana stuffed the ballot boxes for him in uh, uh, Chicago. But if you go back to recent sort of conspiracy sort of like parlance, it was the Florida thing, wasn't it? The Florida recount. That was, yeah, that was because of a riot caused by Roger Stone that the recount wasn't done properly. OK, mm. but apparently now Roger Stone is the person that we listen to for, for advice on this. Right, right. What? Why Brazil? Right. OK, very, very simply. I mean, why Brazil? Why any of South America? It's a combination, again, of two things. Right. One, the fact that this is a surprising amount of far right people in South America. Some that's post that's partly to do with Nazis escaping there after World War Two and, and partly due to all sorts of other things. And the second and most important reason why um, these these people and these groups of people and the Heritage Foundation and the Atlas Network and other groups like this, um, represented by people like Steve Bannon and the Mercers, are so interested in Brazil and Venezuela and places like that is oil. It's it's always oil. Right. It's always oil. Right. Okay. There's a huge amount of oil in Brazil. Basically, Brazil, there was something where Brazil would basically would give their OPEC vote to America, which basically meant that, that America had control of, of um, a large quantity of the world's oil um, uh, in a sort of, you know, in a dictator type situation. And so that's why they're trying to install um, a dictator in Venezuela. That's basically why they're interested uh, in um in Brazil and why uh, Cambridge Analytica installed uh, Bolsonaro in the first place. Uh, Bolsonaro is also, by the way, an absolute monster. He's basically done loads of stuff. Like he said, he, he made a big joke about how this woman wasn't uh, wasn't actually like attractive enough to be raped. Um, he's made certain statements like, "If my son was gay, I'd have him executed." Um, he's clearly a very insecure man, possibly with small genitals, um, but. Like, you know, he's representative of that type of sort of, um, you know, owning the libs sort of mentality, like at the minute. But essentially, that's why they're in Brazil. So Bannon has been calling about the Brazilian election and been saying that it would be stolen even before the election actually happened. And he's been saying all sorts of stuff, basically. Right. Um, he, he, he created the hashtag Brazilian Spring to mm. evoke the, the um, Egyptian, the Arab Spring, sorry. Right, right, right. Which... Uh, is debatable as to how righteous that uprising was but but regardless it was to invoke this idea that actually this was of the people this was a popular or populist revolution against endemic corruption within the uh, the institutions of brazil but it's just not again it's just not it's basically all the same people doing all the same thing the uh, why those people um, went to Brazil and over like over 1500 of them have been arrested and are going to be jailed like uh, why they, they broke into the capital buildings was because they they felt that and see if any of this is, is familiar the election was stolen through the use of uh, basically just stealing votes and adding votes later that um, uh, the uh, there was fear of a communist uh, or anti-fascist takeover of the government. And the third one was that they felt that the voting machines had been rigged right. uh, to actually vote the opposite way. Do any of these things sound familiar? Like, yes, <laughs> no, they're no, all no. exactly the this same. This is like totally that. original. I've never heard of it anywhere, actually. I'm, you know, <laughs> so, so again, basically we can see just it is, it's entirely copying uh, the, the playbook of, of January the 6th. The other thing that was interesting is that um, a lot of the signs that were used in this Brazilian uprising of the people were written in English. Mm. Now, 
they're, they're potentially you could say that well they realized this might be an international thing it might be on the news and so they wanted other people to understand that english is one of the most widely spoken languages in the world uh, or <laughs> potentially it could be that all these signs were made by people like you know english people people associated with steve bannon and stuff like that right. that brought it because the audience isn't is specifically for america it's to is to you know again give this impression that that all you, you are fighting against these corrupt powers of darkness who who are basically rolling out the same tactics time and time again against you. Like just to recall, Bannon on the on the eve of January the sixth was saying that tomorrow is is all hell is going to break loose. Roger Stone the day before said it doesn't matter basically, and he said this sorry this was the day before the election. He says it doesn't matter if we win, we win. If we lose, we say the election was stolen. Right. We'd like you you lost. No fuck you. We we, we don't accept the vote. Right. Like he's on film saying this. This is almost again, verbatim. Almost verbatim. Right. There. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Um, Alex Jones and Ali Alexander uh, were also basically saying stuff about, like, you know, before January the 6th, that it looks like the election was stolen and, uh, and all this. Uh, and they were also kind of tacitly involved in um, Brazil. I'm not sure exactly what extent Alex Jones was, but Ali Alexander certainly was. Like, he was um, basically putting stuff like on, on Getter and various other things, like, do whatever's necessary. Like, you know, tomorrow, like, we need to get out there and blah, blah, blah. The election's been stolen and, and all of this. Ali Alexander's an interesting character. I didn't really know about him until <laughs> relatively recently um, because um, he, um, Britain put me onto him. He was, he was actually, he was having a go at the woman that made that Out of Shadows film because she did something with Stolen Valor. She pretended to be in the army when she wasn't or something right, like right. that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but very soon I got the, the, the all right, I see what Ali Alexander's doing. He's like a sort of not quite as good male Candice Owens, like, you know, like he's, I can't be racist because I'm black. It's like, well, of course you couldn't be racist. <laughs> like, what a stupid thing. Like, right. is, is that really like the level that we're at? Like, like, well, if a gay person says it's all right to kick a gay person to death, then it must be all right. right. It's like, no, no, don't be so like, come on. Like, <laughs> anyway, right, right, Ali right. Alexander, right. Do you know what his real name is? You told me, but I forget. Ali <laughs> Akbar. Ali <laughs> Yeah, right. Seriously. <laughs> honest to God, Jesus right? Christ which is God. remarkably close oh, wow. to Alu Akbar, isn't right, it? Right, right. Which, which is probably why he's changed it to the sort of like, you know, more Caucasian pleasing um, Alexander. Like, so, uh, yeah. Now, he's had an interesting past. Like, he's, he dropped out of college in 2006, and then he had a bit of a bad time, apparently, because he was an alcoholic. Uh, he was convicted of theft and speeding in 2007. Apparently, mm. he stole some DVD players and a couple of camcorders. And an nice. MP3 stop player. the steal, Ali. Stop it. Go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> now, he didn't stop the steal, because no. <laughs> later that year, he was also convicted of credit card fraud and... Uh, I think two counts, but I may be wrong with that, on burglary. Oh, and he God. still didn't stop the steal because the next time he popped off, he was called Ali Alexander and he was connected to the Tea Party. And hmm. basically it was discovered that he basically ran off with a lot of the donations from the Tea Party. Hmm. So again, this, this concept of they don't like you. You know, all the people who are fans of Trump and all these people, they don't like you. They would, la they would have you shot on the, wall, on the yeah. lawn of the White House. They are using you. Right. Anywho, in 2014, 
Um, he had his business license revoked in the state of Texas, basically because of his past uh, of uh, criminal activities uh, and uh, stealing uh, from organizations that he worked for. You don't. Here's an interesting snick, snick bit. Hmm. Um, he's apparently, and this is, comes from a number of sources, he always, he's been he's rumored, but um, never been confirmed. He had a sexual affair with Carl Rove. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is it. And again, apparently, this is not um, uh, not. It's it, in the circles that it's known. It's known apparently, and right, like right, he was right. basically described as Carl Rove's little boy toy uh, and stuff right. like that. Now I hear, I I hear that Carl Rove really, really has a fascination for Sammy Davis Jr. Does he? that might be something? I made that up. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. He looks like Ali Alexander looks like Sammy Davis Jr. So he does. Look I like couldn't Sammy. help myself. Go ahead. He, look, he does look like Sammy Davis. He looks. A, he looks. A, he looks like if Sammy Davis Jr. and a goat had had a kid. Like so. That that's that's more what he looks like. But but anywho, he he was very potentially um, uh, sexual partners with Carl Rove, and he does have a grinder profile. So it, it's, it, it's entirely possible. And you know what? That's the coolest thing that I've heard about him thus far. It's the only thing that I like about him. What's less likable is, um, in 2012, he described, um, going on a date to McDonald's with a 12 year old boy. Later that year, he also described going on a, on a date with a 14 year old boy. And he posted videos and photos of these dates, these dates, as he called them, on his social media. So, and uh, at the time, even, people were saying, aren't these kids a bit young for you? Now, whether he did anything, who knows? But, you know, that's a little bit bit unusual. Right. In 2016, he pestered a teenager called Lance Videos. Lance Videos is some sort of content maker on YouTube. No idea what he does. He was 16 at the time. And there's a, um, a, a text exchange between Ali Alexander and Lance uh, videos where Ali Alexander continually asks to see photos of Lance's penis. Nice. Uh, wow. But Lance doesn't uh, go along with this. Um, and um, yeah, that's, uh, that's Ali Alexander. Now, interestingly, Milo Yiannopoulos of Gamergate fame and Breitbart and also, you know, knocking around with Brian Singer and various other paedophiles like... Um, Mark, oh, what was his name? Mark Collins Rector and uh, and people like that. Um, Milo Yiannopoulos has accused Ali of having sex with teenage boys on Twitter at least three times that I've found. That is basically he keeps saying, "Tell Ali to stop having sex with young boys," uh, and they fell out about it, which is why I'm very surprised that him and Nick Fuentes and Alex Jones got together with Ali Alexander to promote Kanye West. Mm. Yeah, isn't that strange? Hold on, like, Milo Yiannopoulos got together with them also to pr to promote Kanye. Yeah, yeah, for a time he was part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, so I know it's like you know, like they, they obviously put put that uh, accusations of paedophilia behind them because you know grifter's got a grift, right? But what was interesting about that was that Nick Fuentes. Um, I'm gonna. I'll just say this. I reckon Nick Fuentes has probably had sex with Alexander. Like, Nick Fuentes is so far in the closet that he's covered with fucking snow from Narnia. No. <laughs> at least I assume it's snow from Narnia. It's all here on his chest. Anyway, oh, like, Nick Fuentes is clearly gay. 
Like, he's obviously gay. He's a great big gay guy. Look at him. That's why he's so hateful. Uh, he's, he's dead obvious. Like, he couldn't be more obvious, like, if he was wearing a pink tutu. Right? Okay. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if, uh, you know, hey, Alex Jones likes uh, trans porn. Yeah, he does. Right? Yeah, and Roger Stone has been known to uh, to to have sort of you know a bit of a a swinging lifestyle. What what is it about all these conservatives with behind closed doors? They're all like maniacs. And like my biggest issue with it is they come out against it and say, "Hey, exactly." That's my point. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, that's your, that's what you're doing. That's your it's life. I mean, pedophilia is wrong. That's not what I'm yeah, talking about. That's completely wrong. Right, but but it's all this called, other stuff. Go ahead, Neil. I'm sorry. It's, it's called projection. It's right. called pro- projection and self-loathing. That's what it's about, right? Again, again, these are not the sort of people that you want to be listening to or taking advice from. Like they're they're damaged, horrible, horrible people. Right. But anyway, so Ali Alexander was to say he was putting his loads of stuff out, saying basically do whatever is necessary, take back the election. And Bannon was also, they seem to be sort of to a degree coordinated. He said that Lulu stole the election and uh, that the rioters were actually uh, freedom fighters. Ali Alexander put the National Supreme Court in Brazil is illegitimate. It's the most corrupt part of the country. They don't respect the law or the people. So you do what is necessary, which some could see as an incitement to riot. Now, whether that will actually come back on him, it's um, it's 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 difficult to say. But as I said, like you know, it's exactly the same as January sixth, which he's also been investigated for. Basically, the Bolsonaro supporters were claiming a communist takeover. Now, again, uh, and um, there, there was uh, what was it? Bannon was going on about release the machines and show me the source code. Now, this this pertains to the idea that the Dominion voting machines in in the USA were actually sort of set up so that they would. Right cancelled Trump votes out right now even uh, one American news network has apologized for for that and said that there's no proof there's no evidence of it not even proof there's no evidence of it it was made up had to do it on air exactly yeah embarrassing isn't it right just embarrassing but but again they're trying that again or they're they're trying it from a distance um in uh Brazil um, that again, like the, the Brazil, the, this is what my blog was about. Basically, the Brazil uh, relationships been going on for ages. Like Bolsonaro's son, um, I don't know how good, but they've described. He's described Steve Bannon as friends, and basically they've they've appeared together. Like he's been to America and stayed with Steve Bannon. There was a CPAC conference that was held in Brazil, um, and. Um, Oh, that was Eduardo, who's um, uh, Bolsonaro's son. He went to the America First conference as well, as as well as sort of meeting Steve Bannon on a separate occasion. And uh, interestingly, at the time, um, Bannon said to Bolsonaro's son, I really like the way that your dad's doing it. I like your campaign all online. It's very similar to Salvini. Now, Salvini mm. is, is right, right, right. the Italian person. The, the significance of the online thing is that they were doing stuff through, again, through social media because it gives that personal thing, but it also allows for the manipulation of companies like Cambridge Analytica or later Datacrest, the um, Amadata or Firecrest to basically, you know, to, to manipulate things and, and put things there that aren't true, but basically would, would, uh, encourage you to vote in a certain way or think in a certain way. Um, and um, yeah, well, there, that was it. One of the banners at the actual Brazil riot said in English, we want the sort code, which is yeah. the exact phrase that Steve right. Bannon has been using, basically. Okay. Um, the other thing that happened in um, 
in Brazil was in 2021. Uh, Jason Miller um, and um, where was this? J Jason Miller and J Donald Trump Jr. appeared at a 2021 Cybersecurity Expo, which was put on by my pillow guy, Mike Lindell. Um, <laughs> and uh, based, basically, that was last year. Okay. And already at that conference, they were moaning about how uh, Brazil's elections were rigged and Brazil was the most corrupt planet on the country and that the next elections were going to be rigged. We're going to be so rigged hands down. Right. Yeah, so, so this is the point. All of this has been going on for a, a very, very long time. It, it basically it follows a very, very obvious playbook, and it involves the same people doing exactly the same thing. Like, you know, just and, and that's what's scary about it, Neil. You know, it's the same people. See, like somebody like Ali Alexander, I, re I don't really take too seriously, even though he is, you know, a gigantic piece of filth, right? But, yeah, but yeah. Uh, And he is intimately involved in all of this, but it's, it's people like Bannon. Mm that uh that uh are on another level and he has the right connections to make this happen and and i say it often but i'll say it again because it bears repeating the genie's out of the bottle here yeah, yeah the genie's out of the bottle the recipe is there and there is evidence for success well yeah totally i mean and with regards to ali alexander i think you're absolutely right i don't think that his um uh influence per se is is the driving factor but there's loads isn't there like all of a sudden everybody started to say the same thing and speak to the same things and say like so you've got le pen like you i mean you could do it right, in right. whatever way you want you've got a, a series of politicians orban le pen salvini um etc uh, etc et farage uh tyson people like that in the uk uh, donald trump and they were all essentially modi and bolsonaro they're all essentially saying the same thing right okay right. so and and it's supposedly anti-establishment despite the fact that they're political parties which doesn't make any sense then sort of lower down the the, the pecking range you've got sort of your people like i don't know your david ice and your alex jones and and um uh, various other people like that, like the, the larger sort of alternative media, who are all basically parroting similar sort of stuff, anti-climate change stuff, like, you know, anti-trans stuff for some strange reason, we don't like that. Um, you know, suspicion of, of COVID, uh, suspicion of the WEF, which is warranted to a degree, but basically it's only there to stop you looking at the Heartlands Institute and the oil industry, essentially. Uh, and again, all parroting the same thing. Lower down that, you've got your people like, say in the UK, would be your James Melville's, your KT Hopkins's, your Russell Brand. <laughs> Jesus, like, he used to be a Hollywood star banging like, like dime pop stars. Now he's fucking drifting people on uh, YouTube. <laughs> like... But, but that sort of level of people right, they're right, all right, saying right. It, what nobody seems to sit, notice is that they're saying the same same thing they're all saying the same thing and people are interpreting that as yes these guys all get it right. we agree with you we're on the same page and i'm I, i'm afraid to tell you that no that's not it what's happened is these are massive top-down political manipulation program that is favoring the super wealthy and the oil industry that is trickling down through all these separate nodes and people are picking up at different points it's being framed as anti-establishment it's being framed as freedom free speech all of this sort of stuff but ultimately all it does is benefit those people right at the very top right there you go thank you for the breakdown sir it's important continue to do the work that you do uh, we will have you back. We're going to continue to monitor this. This isn't over by a long shot. Uh, and uh, we'll continue to see where it leads and um, how this, uh, you know, 
affects uh, humankind because it's all of us that are involved in this. It's all of us that are under this manipulation. As soon as we realize it, the better off we will be. And we start talking the nonsense here in the alternative media. Stop giving them bullets to shoot at us. We are giving them bullets and they are shooting them at us. Let's not give them the bullets. Let's let's uh, let's be smart about this. And uh, let, let's let's chase things that are worth chasing. And let's recognize those that are not right. And that's what we're trying to do here. Thank you so much for all your work, for everything that you do. And the one thing that I'll tell you and I'll tell you, I tell you this all the time and I'll tell you this on air. You are genuine. You are a genuine person. You're not trying to grift anybody. You're just trying to put out good information for people to follow and to to either verify or or dispute. You're up for whatever, you know, and and you want to find the truth wherever that may lead. It doesn't matter what Neil Sanders thinks. It matters where the path leads down. He's a good dude. Neil Sanders is a good dude, man. Um, thank you for coming on the fringe. We appreciate you. Thank you for your work. Tell the people where they can find you. Um, I'm available on uh, Facebook or on Twitter uh, at Neil Sanders MC, or you can find me at neilsandersmindcontrol.com. Uh, and also check out our podcast, uh, Someday I Call It Conspiracy. It's on Spotify, it's on YouTube, it's on all the that's um uh, podcast stuff we're gonna get billy ray on there at some point like it's it's looking at like you know what we always say right okay like let's question everything well we're we're going deep on on like established conspiracy theories stuff that basically even got us into the industry and stuff like that having right. a look at it finding out exactly what is true and exactly what isn't true and some of it is very surprising like mm -hmm. some of it, it i mean some of it's still obviously true like you know and some of it is surprisingly falsified but it's hopefully an entertaining podcast and it'll, uh, you know, get, get, gets you to the sort of the bottom of these things. So please check it out. Someday I call it conspiracy. It is one of the best podcasts the alternative media has to offer, not just content wise, but Neil and his partner do an excellent job. They're very, very good at uh, running a radio show. Um, so thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. My name is Bill. Hold on. Don't, don't hang up. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Billy the kid, you know, the deal. It's the infinite fringe. You know where to find us, the infinitefringe.podbeam.com and the Infinite Fringe over on Apple Podcast. Uh, America Unplugged with uh, the wisest of all the wolves, Mr. Tony Arterburn and uh, the legendary Don Jeffries. Every Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern, Neil is going to come on at some point. That should be fun to get Neil to talk to Tony, right? And to talk to Don. That'd be dope. Uh, so he's going to come on at some point. Make sure you follow it at Rockfin. Uh, also, AmericaUnplugged.com, AmericaUnpluggedRadio.com. Uh, you can find the podcast anywhere you can find podcasts. So go ahead and do that. FreeWorld.fm. We're going to put um, uh, a link in the description along with Neil's podcast. And you can find Free World and you can sign up. We have a landing page now. You can sign up and we will send you updates as to when we are going to launch a ridiculous amount of alternative media personalities We'll be on there to give you content 24-7, uh, hopefully. Uh, we're, we're leaning in that direction. Mr. Neil Sanders has a slot. We still have to figure out what we're going to do with it. Uh, but, but, it but he will be there in some way, shape, or form, and we will carry his podcast if he allows us to, um, which will be uh, fun. He just gave me a thumbs up, so we're doing that. Okay. It is the Infinite Fringe, ladies and gentlemen. Do not burn the place down while i am gone all right and uh, next week we got another banger for you we're going to talk to john bristle the dude about palantir that is going to be interesting and the way they're tracking you and the way they're tracking all this information in order to mold the perception 
and manipulate your mind. There is a war on for your mind. Only thing is, Alex Jones isn't the one to free you from it. It's going to be you. It has to be you. And it has to be us collectively. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. Neil, you're the dude, brother. Take it easy now. Bye-bye.